you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message.
glorify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What a powerful presence of the Lord is in the house tonight. I believe he is here tonight to save, deliver, set free, do great things. I want you to find four or five people around you and tell them something good the Lord's done as you're returning toward your seat. I want you to tell them something good the Lord has done for you. Hallelujah. He's good to us. He's good to us. He's good to us. He's good to us. Hallelujah. 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 Exodus chapter 20, if you have your Bibles, and uh, Exodus chapter, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 40, and I will also reference 2 Samuel chapter 6, Exodus 40, and 2 Samuel 6, first reading from Exodus chapter 40, verse number 33. Say amen when you have it. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate so Moses finished his work. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord. Everybody say the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all of their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, everybody say if the cloud stayed, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys. Now we know that the cloud was a visible manifestation of the glory of God. The cloud was a reminder to Israel that the glory of God was with them where they were. And if the cloud stayed, they stayed with the cloud. But when the cloud lifted, they knew it was a sign from God that it was time for them to move. They didn't want to move as long as the cloud was there. They didn't say, as long as the cloud's here, we're going to stay here. They didn't get up and move when the cloud was there. But when the cloud lifted, they had to go to the next place that God said, this is where I'm going to let my glory come back down to you. By the help of the Lord tonight, I want to preach into your hearing, stay where the glory stays. Stay where the glory stays. Lord, we need your help tonight. Let the power of the Holy Ghost rest upon your people. God, let your word accomplish the purpose for which you are sending it in the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them, stay where the glory stays. 
In the book of 2 Samuel, the 6th chapter, in the 12th verse, the Bible said that David brought up the ark out of the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David, and when he did so, he did it with gladness. In verse 15 it said, So when David and all the house of Israel brought the ark of the Lord up with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet, because the ark of the Lord represented the glory and presence of God. Now, history is replete with stories of victory, stories of overcoming overwhelming odds, mighty miracles, supernatural happenings that God did for them. You don't have to read your Bible very far to see what God can do. If you read very far into it, you'll find stories of Red Sea partings and city walls like Jericho crumbling, giants like Goliath falling, things like the sun standing still. There were awesome miracles. Thousands of Philistines being slain with the jawbone of a donkey. And their God was such a powerful God, mighty God. He was an unlimited God, an awesome God, a marvelous God. Sometimes we, we need to be reminded of just how awesome and powerful God is. I was sitting at a dinner table on Friday night and I was sitting with a group of ministers and one of them began to share the story of a recent trip he had to Israel and he was telling us a story that was told there with his guide and he said their Israeli guide uh, shared with them a story and said he was, he was talking to uh, he was talking about the different wars that had taken place and there were five major wars and they studied four of the five wars. They studied all except the war, I believe, of 1948. And so they went through and studied all the wars except the war of 1948 and he asked them a question. He said, um, tell me now you've studied four of the five wars. Why did you not study the fifth war? Uh, that, that we are discussing here today. And their Israeli God looked at them and he said to them, we don't study miracles. We don't study miracles. I came tonight to let you know that God is still a God of miracles. He is still a God that's able to perform the supernatural. God has always been a powerful God. And to Israel, not all the stories in the Bible, of course, are so positive and not all are so upbeat. The sad thing is, even for God's people, that there were times when things didn't turn out so well. There were times when things didn't turn out like they would have liked them to, even for God's chosen people. There were some low times and there were some bad times. There were some times of discouragement and times of failure and times of distrust. Now, I'm going to tell you tonight that every child of God is going to have good times and you're going to have low times. Every child of God is going to have moments when not everything's going to turn out the way that you hope for. Every individual is going to go through a valley or two. Every ministry will eventually, sooner or later, go through some hard times. So it was when the ark was taken it was such a low time for Israel that the Ark of the Covenant had been taken and the people of God were literally dying from grief when they heard the news of the Ark of the Covenant. In 1 Samuel chapter 4, the Bible tells us that the wife of Phinehas was with child and when she heard the tidings that the Ark of God had been taken representing the glory of God, when she heard that it had been taken and that her father-in-law and her husband had died, she bowed herself and pains came upon her, undoubtedly the grief and the stress. And all of the emotional turmoil brought on the labor process. And the scripture says that the women that stood by her comforted her and told her that she had brought forth a man-child. But she the Bible said, did not regard them, neither did she respond to them. But the story goes on to say 
that when it came time for her to name the child, she named the child Ichabod because the glory of God had departed. What a sad place to be when the glory of God has departed. I never want to have it said that the glory of God has departed from CLC. I never want it said that the glory of God has departed. We as a church must be sensitive to the moving of the Holy Ghost, sensitive to the moving of the Spirit. It is a perfect type in the Old Testament that when the cloud came and rested upon the people of God, they became content where they were because God was telling them as long as my glory is there that's where I want you to stay and when I'm ready for you to move I'm going to lift the glory cloud and when the glory cloud moves it's time for you to begin to seek the next destination that I want to move you to Ultimately, God wanted to take them through to the promised land. But I got to tell you tonight that on that journey, there was 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. People said they were out of the will of God the whole 40 years. I beg to differ with you. God had a plan, and there was a reason that they couldn't take the short journey and get directly into the promised land. But while they were wandering, the Lord said, I'll rest my glory upon you, and that's my will for you for a little while. I came to night to remind you CLC we better never get so comfortable that we feel like we can have a Sunday night service without his glory we'll never get the music right the songs right the right song choice and we'll never get everything around us right we must have his glory And the moment that I sense his glory has lifted, it's time for us to pick up and move until we find the place of where his glory is moving among us. Let me help some of you tonight, and I'm going to preach from the new convert to the elder that's been around the church a long time. I'm going to preach from the pew to the platform tonight. But we need a rebirth of sensitivity to the moving of the Spirit of God. I got about eight of you that's going to agree with me tonight. But I'm telling you, we can put a song list together. We can put a worship schedule together, and we do. And I believe we ought to, and we do it with excellence. But when the presence of God wants to sweep in and take over, I'll tell you what I tell our team. This is just, this is a schedule in the event God doesn't move. We're just going to follow this schedule. But the moment that God says, here's an exit ramp, here's where I want you to stay, that is just a temporary little suggestion because I want to be where the glory of God is and if God wants to change the order of service welcome in God you go ahead and take us where you want to take us to Let me help you just a little more. Some of us may not clearly understand what transpired in the service tonight. We were moving forward with worship, and then there was kind of a little pause where I noticed people kind of got discombobulated. People were looking around. People were not engaging. I walked to the platform and pulled out an old song and started singing, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about the name, and I'm sure some of you are like, where in the world did that come from? Well, what, what was that all about? Let me explain to you what I was doing. When I don't know what to do, I just speak the name of Jesus. I was standing back here. Dylan was looking for somebody to come take the service. He's looking around. Brother Danny looked at me. Eighteen people were looking at me. He's wanting you. I knew he was wanting me. I didn't want the service because I didn't have a clue what to do with that service. That's right. I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a song. I didn't have a word. I didn't feel an unction of anything. All I knew to do, let me just start singing the name of Jesus. 
Well, why'd you choose that song? Because all I could think of was Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I said, okay, we'll just sing Jesus, 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 until he decides to show up and gives us some direction. Listen, are we apostolic? Do we believe in the leading of the Holy Ghost? If we're apostolic and we believe in the moving of the Holy Ghost, we ought to be able to follow what the glory of God is wanting to do in His service. When God wants to show up, I'll weep with those that weep and dance with those that dance and rejoice with those that rejoice. But I want to be where the glory is. I want to do what God has in mind for the service. Let me tell you what made Israel stand out from the rest of the world. Let me tell you what it was that separated them from the other people around them. It was the glory of God. I touched on it this morning and decided to stay off of it, but I'm going to get back on a little, a little soapbox tonight. Do you know what it is that separates us from the other 93 churches in Clinton County? I'm not saying no other church has the glory. Please pardon me. And there's other churches that I believe that preach truth. Don't, don't, don't take that out of context. But I'm going to tell you the difference. It is the glory. You know what makes an apostolic church an apostolic church? The glory. You can put apostolic on your sign in your letterhead stationary and you can go around and tell everybody you're apostolic. But if you don't have a relationship with the glory of God, you got to have a relationship with the glory of God. There has to be a certain sensitivity about you that you understand, hey, the Spirit of God is wanting to move. Last week we had an operation of the gifts of the Spirit in the service. Toward the conclusion of service, there were some that understood what was happening. There was others that didn't. For about 15 minutes, the Holy Ghost was trying to speak. There were some people that wanted to be heard so bad that they wouldn't quiet themselves according to the Scripture and follow the order of what God wanted to do. Now, I'm just, I'm just going to teach you for a moment. When the gift of tongues and interpretation began to operate, when it is of God, the church and everybody should reach a point of submission, surrender, and halt everything that's going on. Let me teach you just for a moment. If the gift of tongues and interpretation begins to go forth, everybody in the room ought to quiet yourself. You don't need to get up and walk around. Here's what happened last Sunday night, and I'm trying to help you. I sensed it, felt it. I felt an unction and wave of the Holy Ghost, and it was beginning to happen. But there were some that didn't have a clue what was going on. They just wanted to be the loudest voice in the room. They just wanted to be heard. And they refused to yield to the operation of the Holy Ghost. This can't be. Now I'm teaching you right now. I'm not upset. You're not upset, right? I'm just trying to help you. The Bible said everything ought to be done decently and in order. All right? So I'm just going to teach you a little bit. So when the operation of the gifts begins to happen, particularly I'm speaking now of the gift of tongues and interpretation, when the Holy Ghost began to move, someone over on this side began to speak outwardly, forcefully, and it was obviously of the Holy Ghost. I sensed it, felt it, knew it. But the church did not yield to what God was wanting to do. That's where we get caught up with our will over God's will. Is everybody okay? You still love me. Do I need to call for a vote of confidence? After about 15 minutes of God trying to speak, God finally moved through about three different people until he finally began to move on somebody that had a strong enough voice to get up over the crowd and command, and even at that point, I literally had to hush some people because God was wanting to speak. Let me help you. Got a lot of children, young people, young adults. Got a lot of teenagers that are here. Let me help you. 
at the moment that tongues and interpretation begins, you don't need to walk across, get a Kleenex. You don't need to go talk to mama. You don't need to go to the restroom and get a drink. At that moment, you need to stop what you're doing right where you are. Don't move. Don't make a sound. If breathing's making a sound, hold your breath. Reverence. A supernatural move of the Holy Ghost because God is wanting to speak directly to His people. We need a rebirth of sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. If we're not careful, we will become so accustomed to our ritual to our formalism, if we're not careful, we'll get too glued. Come on, team, don't back out on me now. We'll get too connected to, this is where I have to go to when the cloud is saying, I need to take you somewhere else. We need a rebirth of spirituality where we can sense uh -uh, that isn't where God's wanting to take us right now. And when you don't know what to do, just pause and start saying Jesus, 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 until he finally decides to give us direction and help us understand. Let me explain to you. The children of Israel were under the cloud. The cloud held them. It held them where they were. They weren't about to get out from under the cloud. They stayed wherever the cloud stayed. That's where we need to be. Wherever the Holy Ghost is moving, that's right where I want to be. And when the Holy Ghost says it's time to move, I want to get up and move sometime. The children of Israel began to move, and all they could do was follow the leader. And when they got up and began to move, the only way that they knew they were following the plan of God and the will of God was their guidance was the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Everybody say, stay where the glory is. Because I'm going to tell you the only place that the glory, the only way we're going to know where the glory is, is we've got to follow his presence. Hmm? I said we've got to follow his presence. And when God is wanting to move in a service, we can't be stubborn, hard-headed, difficult. We've got to say, all right, God, this is where I need to go. This is where you're wanting to go. And we've got to begin to move where the glory of God is. I want to stay under the glory cloud. I want to stay under the glory cloud. All of the other, all of the other people of the day couldn't understand why Israel was so powerful, why Israel had such powerful armies. But I'm going to tell you why. The, the Moabites and the Jebusites, they all had religion. The Ammonites had temples. The Edomites had deities and idols. And they all had altars. But what was missing was the glory of God. But Israel, it didn't matter where they were. They were just, if it was nothing more than a tent, if it was nothing more than just the ark being moved by a group of men that was ordained of God, they said, I'm going where the glory is. Do you know how we need to be recognized in these last days? Those are people that know how to follow the leading of the Spirit. Those are people that know what the glory is doing. That's what sets us apart from everybody else. We need the glory. We have the glory. And we need to stay under the glory. Look at your neighbor and tell them, stay where the glory stays. Day God had an image 
and a temple but no glory. Baal had devotees and they cut themselves but they had no glory. Bolek had outstretched hands to receive little children that they would sacrifice into the false flames of an altar but they had no glory. The golden calf had people who would dance and sacrifice but it lacked the glory. Althena was the goddess of wisdom but no glory. Aphrodite was the god of beauty but no glory. Apollo offered music and healing but no glory. Ares offered war and victory but no glory. I want more than a church, more than an assembly, more than a group of people coming together. I want more than talented music. I want more than good singing. I want the glory. We need the glory. We must have the glory. Is anybody in the building hungry for the glory of God? Do you desire to stay where the glory stays? I thank God for truth preaching because truth preaching brings about the glory. The word glory literally means physical manifestation of God. I want more than form and fashion. I want an indisputable move of God. Brother Newcomer said tonight when he was leading us in prayer of a neighboring church that had a, a, a visible miracle in their service today. It ought to happen all the time. It will happen when we stay where the glory stays. Several places in the Bible records that the glory of God appeared to Abraham in Mesopotamia, to Moses in Mount Sinai. When Stephen was being stoned, the glory of God appeared. There were 12 spies that the glory of God appeared to. When Stephen was being stoned, the glory of God appeared there. Imagine what it meant for Israel, for them during a period of time that the Ark of the Covenant was taken from them and they're having to live without the glory. What a sad place to be. I'm going to tell you what prayerlessness will do. It'll cause you to live without the glory. I'm going to tell you what the lack of worship will do. It will cause you to live without the glory. One of the first visions of Ezekiel, it portrayed the Spirit of God leaving Solomon's temple as the Babylonians were besieging the city of Jerusalem. And the glory was leaving the sanctuary. It's a sad place to be. I never want it said. That pastor doesn't know how to follow the leading of the Spirit. Let me speak to our ministers, leaders, worship leaders, everybody in the room that ever leads in any form or fashion. You need to pray for the wisdom of God. And you need to pray for the sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. Because I'm going to tell you what will get you further than good oratory or great talent. It is being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. It is understanding what the Spirit is wanting to speak to the church at that very moment. It is understanding what God is wanting to do and not going your own direction but getting in the flow with what God is wanting to accomplish. Come on, somebody. God never withdraws unless he is rejected or driven away. He wants to meet with us. He didn't leave Israel until it was time for Israel to move. That was the only way he could get them to move was to lift the cloud and say it's time to go. Come on, CLC. Every time God gets ready to move us, he's got to say, hey, I'm calling you to deeper prayer, deeper consecration. I need you to get under the center of the glory cloud. We've been through a season. We've been through a season of labor and work. We've been through a season of building this building. We're not 100% done. We have some things left to do. But for the most part, we've been through this season. And it'd be real easy for us to come here, look around and say, we've had growth. Look around you tonight. We're pleasantly full on a Sunday night in the new building. I wonder what we would have done in the old building tonight. Here we are tonight. It'd be real easy to say, wow, we're comfortable. We had people in the altar praying. We had people getting the victory tonight. Let's go to Pizza Hut. 
Let's go enjoy a little fellowship. Let's just let things ride. Let's not seek after much more. Why don't we just tame things down? Why don't we just allow service to go on as usual? Let's put together a good plan, a good program. But i got to tell you that what got us here was staying where the glory stayed. And what's going to move us from where we are is staying where the glory stays. Can I preach to you a little bit tonight? We need a rebirth of sensitivity to the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, starting the 1st of January, we're going to launch into 40 days of prayer and fasting. Get ready. Get ready. If you're new around here and you've never been part of our 40 days of prayer and fasting, oh my goodness, get ready because God's about to blow the roof off of this place. But I'm going to tell you what we're going to seek God for. We're going to seek Him for some supernatural sensitivity to be able to know what the glory of God is wanting to do and what the presence of God is wanting to do. We're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. We're going to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to see the baptismal tank in use. We're going to have powerful services. But it's all going to come when the church tunes out the things of the world and begins to say, I I want to stay where the glory stays. Ezekiel chapter 43 says, Afterwards he brought me to a gate, even the gate that looketh toward the east, and behold, the glory of God of Israel came by the way of the east, and his voice was like the noise of many waters. And the earth shined with his glory. Verse 4 says, And the glory of the Lord came into the house by, by the way of the gate, whose prospect was toward east, the east. So the Spirit, Ezekiel said, So the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court. And behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. What an unbelievable experience. When the glory of the Lord takes its position in the temple and fills it with his, fills, fills it with his majesty and his power, it proves one thing, that God's presence once again is among his people and it declares that God has established restoration and restored fellowship with his people. David was leading the children of Israel, leading the people of God, and the ark representing the glory of God had departed. It had been taken out because they had lost the battle. And David went back to bring the ark because the ark was taken down to Obed-Edom. And David went down to Obed-Edom, and he gets the ark, and David begins to bring the ark back in. Brother Reading preached about it just a few weeks ago. And David began to bring the ark back in. But when he began to bring the glory back in, I want to explain to you tonight that he already had a pre-planned response to the glory coming in. He told them before we ever start on the journey of taking the ark back in, we're going to go six paces, we're going to set down the ark, and we're going to begin to worship. We're going to go back, we're going to pick it up, we're going to go six paces, we're going to set it down, and we're going to worship. In other words, they danced and they shouted. That's what the Bible said. They danced and they shouted. You know what a dance is and you know what a shout is. I believe it is in order when the people of God are hungry for the presence of God. They're not waiting for somebody else to do it for them. They say, you know what? I want the glory. I'm going to let out a shout unto the Lord because we're ushering in the glory of God. Give me just a couple more minutes and I'm going to wrap this up.
because my voice finished a long time ago. But I'm going to try to wrap this up tonight. And I'm going to tell you, CLC, when we come in the house of God and begin to worship, and this team is up here, and they're saying, come on, clap your hands. Not everybody claps. They say, come on, sing. Not everybody sings. It's not because people are stubborn for the most part. I have one fella that told me one time he doesn't attend church here anymore because his spirit revealed a long time ago what he was going to do. He was attending church here and he told me, he said, when they tell me to clap my hands, I'm not clapping my hands. I said, why not? He said, because I'll clap my hands when I want to. And you'll go to church when you want to. And you'll pray when you want to. And nobody's going to love their pastor after church tonight. He said, I'm not going to lift my hands just because I'm told to lift my hands. Let me help you understand something. There is nothing wrong with a worship plan. David gave us a good example. He huddled up with the children, of, with, 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 with the Levites as they were going to carry the ark. He huddled up. Come up here and huddle up. I want all six of you right here. Come up here and huddle up with me. He got the, he got the Levites. All right? Got my Levites. I need three of you over here, three of you over here. You ready? All right. Wait a minute. Let's do this. You guys are having a hard time already. You can count to three. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a line. Three on this line and three on that line. Here we go right here. Over here. One. Over here. One. Two. Three. Match it up right over there. All right. One. Step back. Step back right here. Two. All right. Right here. We're making two lines, guys. Can I get a Sunday school teacher to come up here? I'm no good at this. I need a line right here. There you go. Line right here. Now back up just a little bit where you put a little room because I got a pastor's kind of big guy here. All right? So I'm going to kind of preach between you. Here, give these guys a hand. They're doing good. So he says, we're going to carry the ark. But when we carry the ark, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick it up. That means you're going to reach down, you're going to pick it up, you're going to put it on your shoulders. All right, y'all pick up the ark. Ready? All right, got the ark. All right, good, good. And we're going to go six steps. Here we go, ready? Six big steps. One, two, three, four, five, six. And we're going to set it down. And now we're going to worship. And our worship is going to be Dancing and shouting. Now, I've heard some of you guys shout. I want you to give me the strongest hallelujah you can right now. Give it to me. Come on. Hallelujah. Ready? Hallelujah. Is that all you got? Come on, stronger. Hallelujah. I wonder if this group out here can help you. Ready? Hallelujah. That sounds good. Now, I want you to pick up the ark. I want you to put it on your shoulder, and we're going to take six more paces. We're going to set it down, and now we're going to shout, and we're going to dance. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, help them. All right, now we're going to turn. We're going to go this way because I'm running out of room. They're going to run me out of the church if I keep going that way. Stop. Right here, right here. It's time to pick up the ark. Now, you guys are doing good shouting, but I don't have you dancing yet. Come on, six paces. Six paces, come on. When you get six paces, you stop, set it down, and you know what to do, all right? All right? You set it down. What you going to do now? You got to have me tell you again. All right, you ready? Good job. You're going to pick it up, and you're going to take six more paces. Here we go. Here we go. This is the plan. All right, come on, come on, come on, come on. Get there, and you're going to set it down. All right, set it down. Uh-huh. 
Now you're getting it. Now we're going to add a little dance into that. Now I'm not going to have you up here running around twirling doing frou-frous, but I just want you to put your hands in the air when you say hallelujah, and I just want you to give the Lord a little dance. I just want you to say hallelujah. Would you do that for me? Would you do that for me? I'm asking you to do it because that's how the glory of God's going to be brought in. This is what David tells his men. This is what you're going to do, all right? Now I want you to set the ark down. Now I want, you to, I want you to offer unto the Lord some praise. I want you to dance before the Lord, and I want you to shout unto his name. Go ahead now. Would you do that right now? Come on, that's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Now we're going to pick it back up. All right, guys, now, now y'all have it figured out. Y'all have it figured out. All right, somebody needs to count out loud. You're going to count. You're going to be the counter, all right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Set down. Worship. All right? Back and forth right here. You don't need me. You ready? Y'all got it figured out? All right, here we go. Go ahead, start. Show me that you can do that. Good. Boy, they're doing good. Let's see if they know what to do now. Look at them. Boy, they're doing good. Good job, guys. Keep going. Keep going. Mm-hmm. All right. Good job. Yeah, come on back now. Come on back this way now. Right on back across here. Good. Now my point's going to be made. Don't let me interfere. You guys keep doing what you're doing. Right back and forth here. These guys have it figured out. Keep going. Don't stop because of me. I'm just going to do a little bit of preaching now. Don't let me stop you. Don't let me hinder you. Now I'm going to preach to you just a little bit. David had to tell them this is what you're going to do. This is how we're going to bring the glory in. This is how the glory of God's going to come in. So when we're on the platform and we have worship service going on, And somebody says, come on, clap your hands to the Lord. You know what they are? They are the David. They are the David that is giving the direction to the people of God that are ushering in the presence and glory of God. When they say, clap your hands, you ought to say, I want to be used of God. You want to be used of God? The only way you're going to be used of God is if you learn the art of worship and praise, shouting and dancing that will bring the glory of God back into our midst. Let me tell you what you need to learn from them. They're ignoring me right now and doing what they know that they're supposed to be doing. When the church begins to worship and quits getting and gets their mind off of whether it's my song, my music, and we start saying it's about His glory. I'm going to worship if nobody else does. I'm going to praise if nobody else does. I wonder if anybody will help these young men usher the glory of God into this house. That's good. Let's just praise Him for a little while. That's how we usher the glory in. That's how I want to stay where the glory stays. I want to be part of a worshiping church, part of a praising church, part of a dancing church, part of a spirit-filled church. I want to stay where the glory stays. I'm not interested in dead, dry religion. I want the glory. I want the glory. I want the glory. Because after I tell you to clap for a little while, when you get a real understanding, you'll just start taking the ark and moving it by yourself. You don't need direction anymore. You'll just do it because you know the glory. Oh, come on, magnify him for a little bit. Just praise him for a little while. All right, guys, I'll give you a break. You can stop now. 
Here's what Haggai said. Here's what Haggai said. He tells us that the glory of the latter house shall be, shall be, shall be. You mean what's in front of us is better than what's behind us? You mean really the glory that's coming is greater than the glory that we have experienced? For the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. What I'm trying to tell you, CLC, is what God has for our future is greater than what he's already done. If his glory is going to be greater, then our praise ought to be greater. Our worship ought to be greater. Our prayer life ought to be greater. We need to move to a greater, higher level of anointing and power. I'm out of voice. I'm out of energy. But the glory of God has been ushered in this place tonight. From the very beginning, somebody said a little bit ago, they said, oh boy, right off the start, man, somebody was worshiping and praying and tears were flowing. That's what's wonderful because the glory was here when we got here. I know we've already come forward. We've already prayed for needs. We've already prayed over situations tonight. But I'm going to tell you, if you need something from God tonight, whatever you need, He's here. And His glory and power and presence is here. If you need something from the Lord tonight, I dare you to begin to just worship and praise and magnify Him. Come on all over the room. I'm done. I'm turning the service over to Brother Danny here in just a moment. But I want you just to magnify the name of the Lord tonight. If you haven't received your healing, your miracle, what you need from God, you need to just go ahead and receive it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. name. 